Breaking the mould is not easy at all. It takes strength and determination and self-belief that you can go forward without what you had before. This interview with Letitia was very inspiring and inspired me a lot. I am sure you will get a lot of value out of it. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm going to have to turn this up, Connie. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry about that time. I got the time wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I get it. I'm always early myself, really. And yeah. I've actually learned not to be too early because a couple of weeks ago, I did someone's podcast and I came on like, I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning to do it. So oh I got gosh. on and I said, okay, let me just log in and at least I'm I'm on time, right? Yeah. I don't like being late. And the yeah. person was on. So I'm like 15 minutes early and they decided to go live, but they were waiting for their, their co-host. So I was literally sitting there like a deer in headlights. I didn't know what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like dead silence for 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh no, and especially at two in the morning, that's not good, is it? Yeah, I, I, I didn't have anything to say about other than what I came to say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and where, where, where were they from for it to be two in the morning? Um, it was they were in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, that time difference, right? Yeah, I know. I understand. I've got a lot of American friends myself. Mm-hmm. So. Hello, everybody. I'm Sarah Moradith, the director of Starlight Speaking Limited. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and motivate people to live their dreams. Elite, sorry, I, I've been trying to pronounce your name right. I've still got it wrong. How, how do you pronounce your name? I do apologize. Letitia. Letitia. Yeah, see, I was doing that and I read it. It's such, I've got dyslexia, see, so I find. Uh, okay. So Letitia is an awe-inspiring coach who helps women discover and realign their, their true values. I love how you give women confidence to build their own dreams rather than someone else's. And after connecting on Facebook, I was eager to have you on my podcast. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's okay. So I, I know I asked you some questions before. And I found it was interesting that your dream is to world school. Could you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So when I was very young, it was discovered that I was operating very advanced um, intellectually. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in Bermuda and I was held back, essentially, I was in primary school at the time. And if I were to move up to an age that I was operating at, I would have been put into high school at about nine years old. So my wow. mom kept me back. And I think because of that, I was labeled because I got bored. And, you know, bored children, they look for things to do. Um, yes. I was never challenged. And to be honest, it became a narrative for me. Until I started my business, I never challenged myself because of that experience in the academic 
arena. So for me, having children, I always wanted to homeschool them mm -hmm. so that they would flourish at their own rate. And, you know, I've started my business now. And why do I need to be stuck? I want my children to experience life through other cultures. And I think mm -hmm. that's how we truly learn. I think, you know, we stay in our little bubble, like our hometown, like Bermuda was 21 square miles. Um, we don't learn outside of that. Like there's an analogy that a shark now grows bigger than its fish tank. So yes. I just want my children to fully flourish. And I don't want that. Um, I don't want that being limited by the world. I want them to experience the world so that their education is well-rounded, not just about what they can learn in a book. I totally agree with you. I, I'm currently at the moment home educating my daughter, but she wants to go to school. So we're going through that at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, how long did you, how long have you home educated? My children have never been in the system. So, um, they, and they're still young, but we have formal education. Like I completely turned my dining room into a classroom and we've been doing that now since January. Um, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and they are doing amazing. They know the names of 60 dinosaurs. And I can't yeah. remember them. So like that that's the type of experience they lead their education. You know, my daughter was very excited about dinosaurs. So we spent a month learning about dinosaurs. And they're picking up so much, even at one and three years old. Wow, that's amazing. So where would you go if you what would be your first country to go to? Greece. <laughs> Let's oh, I start with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I actually want to spend a year in Greece. Um, yeah. So um, they have a really good digital nomad um, visa that I'm looking into. And how long? What What's the visa? Sorry. Digital nomad visa, where if you have a business or um, the means to support yourself for X amount of months, um, uh -huh. you can go to different countries in Europe and live there. And, you know, it's particularly good now with Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, you can go there and live there. Um, with no additional um, immigration requirements. So the digital nomad um, visas are very specific. Like you have to prove how much money you make. Um, yeah. And if you're over a certain threshold, then you have no problems. And in some countries, it's actually a pathway to residency. That's amazing. I think I might look that up after this call. Yeah, Spain and Portugal are amazing. And Portugal has a very low income requirement, just <laughs> in case you didn't know. How much is it? Um, I think it's like, I want to say 600 euros a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's no more than a thousand euros a month. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Spain is slightly higher. Well, that, that's good. I mean, personally, I didn't agree with Brexit, but it's mm -hmm. good that at least things are coming through that are positive for it. Yes. So what made you decide to become a coach? 
I went through a very tumultuous 20 years and um, I overcame domestic abuse. I overcame very, very toxic relationships. Um, I even ended up in jail at one point in time and working with a coach was significant for me. It allowed me to really challenge my narratives so that I can actually change the trajectory of my life. And um, when I had my two daughters, I, you know, out of work for 18 months in a period of three years, I really wanted to be happy. You know, I had a very corporate um, job a 14-year career in commercial insurance, and I was unfulfilled. So becoming a coach was more, I, I, I was on a journey at like a soul search, and I was reminded of how much my life changed working with a coach, which really prompted me to want to make an impact on others. Um, You know, I am dedicated about helping women get their minds right, as I like to say. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is so important. So I became a coach really to make my impact on the world and, and help other women step into their power. Oh, that's amazing. So when did you first get a coach yourself? I got to coach myself back in 2012 um, in Bermuda. Um, I had been in a relationship with someone who was addicted to crack cocaine. And I, in the process of trying to get him help, I met a coach. She was also a drug and alcohol counselor. And I had gone to her for some help and she so right through me. And she was like, you need help as well. And um, yeah, after I was arrested, um, <laughs> I decided I need to help me get my life back on track. And how long, I'm just curious, how long were you in prison for, did you say? You said I you wasn't in prison. prison. I went to jail. I was arrested. <laughs> I was oh, never okay. charged, but I was held for a day. Um, right. I I was a law enforcement agent years before that. So for me, that was rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't break the law. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So please tell me a time when you've achieved a dream that you thought was impossible. I entered into a relationship at the age of 14 that was highly um, abusive. Mm -hmm. I end up marrying this man. And one of the things that I really, truly wanted to do was get my bachelor's degree. And Mm -hmm. he held me back. He literally would not let me get an education. And I think it was because he knew that if I edified myself a bit more, I would probably realize that I didn't want the relationship. So I was highly controlled. And there were periods in time for years, actually, that I would sneak off to do night classes. (laughs) So in 2010, 
I graduated from Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia, you, the, in the US. Mm -hmm. um, and I had managed to get my bachelor's degree with a full scholarship. Um, and that was after I left my abusive husband who stabbed me. <laughs> Wow. And was able to get a divorce and start my life over. So I am particularly proud of my bachelor's degree that I tell everybody it took me 11 years to get. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so you should. It's a real, real achievement. Yeah. What did you do the bachelor's degree in? I had a bachelor's degree in risk management and insurance. Oh, that's nice. No. Um, did, did you, <laughs> no. <laughs> I hated it, honestly. But because I had a full scholarship, um, I couldn't change my my major. So <laughs> Oh no. What what would you have done instead if you'd have you know, I think I would have gone into sociology or a psych major, I think. Yeah not really knowing what I would have done with this sociology, but that is something that interests me. I love philosophy as well. <laughs> so if I had a choice, I would have, would have done that and, and found a way to make it work. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how, how did you go with, with, how did you end up with the scholarship? Was it because of the degree? Yeah. In Bermuda, the, we, Bermuda is an insurance mecca. It right, is okay. a very, um, yeah, that, that is our number one industry at the moment. So mm -hmm. getting into insurance, insurance companies often sponsor people. So they go away, they sponsor their education, and then you go back and work for them. So um, that's one of the reasons why I went into insurance. I actually wanted to be an actuary at first, and then I realized exactly how much work was required and I was like if I'm gonna put in all this work I might as well be a doctor not someone yeah. who crunches numbers but yeah um yeah insurance is very big in Bermuda so I went into it I got this scholarship by applying to two companies um that supported you know Bermudian students that sounds good and what's in the What's that word? What What does it mean, officiate? Did you say what? It, what does it mean? What's that? Sorry, you said you consider becoming an officiate. Is that oh, an actuary. Actuary, yeah. What yeah. What does that mean? An actuary is one of the highest ranks in an insurance company. They actually help companies determine. Um, premium and they determine how much risk. So I work for a commercial company. We insured commercial buildings. So an actuary using all of these amazing calculations <laughs> determines how much risk um, a portfolio will present uh, the, the, the company. Have you ever seen a lawn cane, Polly? 
No, is that a, is that a TV show? Is it's it? a movie with Ben Stiller and like um, Jennifer Aniston, but right. he was like a risk analyst. I always yeah. say, like, if if anyone knows that movie, actuaries are what Ben Stiller was on a higher level. <laughs> well, that's all. Yeah. So, so did. You- did you decide to leave that job and then go into coaching? Well, I never became an actuary. I was a catastrophe modeler. So right. very similar, <laughs> determining <laughs> risk. But our risks were looking at terrorism risk, earthquake risk, flood risk for the commercial properties that we insured. Well, that sounds interesting and confusing at the same time. <laughs> It is very interesting for people who enjoy it. Like I started enjoying following the weather. So like we used to do storm chases, you know, like following storms, understanding the damage that they're doing. And all of that was relevant for what I was doing at work. Um, But that was the exciting part. The boring (laughs) part was clicking buttons all day long. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> when did you decide to leave that? I left in March. I made my decision in December. So I had a three month notice period. I was a manager. Um, I was really, really unhappy. Um, and after months of stress, I just mm-hmm. had had enough. So I left and decided to go into coaching full-time. That's amazing. So it's all fairly all fairly new doing the... Well, I started my coaching business before I left. So yeah. the reason why I started my coaching business actually was I felt very disrespected. Six hours after giving birth to my youngest daughter, I received an email on my personal email account from someone at work asking me for work and that to me was just I need to get out of this situation they don't respect me they they don't respect me and they don't respect my family really that they thought that that was an appropriate time to contact me about work it's horrible they did that to you yeah so my business was birthed from there. Um, while I was on maternity leave, I built my business with a newborn baby and an 18-month-old. <laughs> and wow. when I went back to work. You know, I was doing my business in the evening time. Um, and then, you know, I decided to leave and I've been full-time since March. So please tell me a piece of advice you would like to give our listeners I I use this quote often because I think it's so powerful and it's my quote but I like to tell anybody that I come in contact with to walk as if every step you take is about to make an avalanche because you are here to change the world and I believe that we are all here to make an impact a lot of times it starts with a self-belief. Yeah. 
And I like to encourage people to really step into that belief that they are here to make a difference. And I believe that it will change the way that they show up in the world and how they will feel about themselves. I love that piece of advice. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And that's the end of our conversation today. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that quote from Letitia, which says, walk as though every step you take is about to make an avalanche. Wow, that quote blew me away. And even when I've listened to it again, it's blown me away. And it's even made me realise that to have a bit more self-belief within myself. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast and see you all again soon.